Hey, welcome to the C3 Church Victory Podcast. We pray this message will inspire you and activate your faith. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Thank you so much for joining us today. This is C3 Church Victory and uh, it's, it's my honor to be bringing the word to you today straight to camera because this is church camp weekend. And don't worry, they're not missing out up there. I'm bringing this word to camp as well today as you're watching this. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm really keen to, uh, to bring the next, uh, the next stage, the next message in this series that we're in right now called uh, A Journey Through Mark. And this, uh, this is part two that we're in right now. It's called When Tradition Becomes a Trap. So why don't you grab your Bibles out? You might have your phone out right now. Flick over to the Bible app or grab your paper Bible and turn over to Mark chapter three with me. Today I'm reading from the NIV in just a minute. So this is, uh, this is when tradition becomes a trap. And so what we see in Mark uh, and right throughout the New Testament, uh, in the in the stories of Jesus and the Gospels, is that so many of the Pharisees' traditions had actually become a trap to them. You know, what started out as really great now now had become a real trap, and they couldn't. They, they found it hard to get out of that trap. Right? It was preventing them from from moving forwards with God into relationship with Him. You know, walking in freedom and love and grace. And uh, if you're anything like me, then we can do that too. We can find ourselves stuck in habits, in lifestyle or a mentality that ends up, it might have started out pretty good, but it ends up becoming a trap for us when we're trying to move with God into, the, into our future together. Um, so maybe that's you. Uh, I know that's been me so many times. Uh, but, so why don't you pray just to get started? Is that all right? Let's do that. Well, God, we pray that um, that today you would bring revelation, you would bring life, you would help us to to see something fresh today, God. You would give us ears to hear what you're saying so that we can move forwards with you into a life that uh, has greater balance, has greater fruit in Jesus' name. And uh, God, I just, just declare your blessing over everyone watching this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I'm really believing this, this message is going to bring you a revelation that will help you to thrive and do ministry and life really, really well together. All right. Uh, now, I don't know if you've heard Pastor Nate talk about this a few, a few times, but um, he says quite often that he operates in the extremes. And I have definitely found myself doing that over the years. Uh, and like last week, I was, uh, I was, I found myself like really eat, like just eating everything. You ever been like that? You ever been like, yeah, like what's next? You know, like when you're on holidays uh, and you're always like, okay, what are we eating next? Uh, that was my whole like last weekend. I was just looking for food. I'd have like a big, big meal. And then I'm like eating yogurt out of the fridge and looking for snacks. And I'm like, whoa, Darren, settle down. This has got to stop. So I just went, all right, I'm fasting until, until lunchtime tomorrow, I'm not eating anything, right? Extremes from gluttony to fasting, like extremes. Um, I remember I was uh, on holidays with the family. Uh, we'd go for like two weeks, have a little caravan. We'd take it away for two weeks at a time. And I'd bought this massive case of Pepsi and I like 24 cans. And I'm like, this is going to be so good. What a great couple of weeks we're going to have. The, the, the second last day, the day before we left, I'm like, oh, 
oh, what's going on? Oh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm in so much pain. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what this is. We packed up the next day. We drove home. I'm in pain. Went and saw the doctor and he sent me to get an ultrasound. And they got the ultrasound on there. They're like, you know what you've got? And I'm like, what have I got? You've got a, uh, a 10 millimeter kidney stone. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're talking about blasting it with sound or something and, you know, breaking it all up so I can pass each piece. And I'm like, that sounds painful. <laughs> no, thanks. So, uh, extreme Darren went from drinking all of this Pepsi to having this kidney stone and now um, my sole focus is to get rid of this kidney stone. So I found some crazy method online, drink two litres of coke, uh, cook up uh, a bunch of asparagus and puree that and then drink two to four litres of, of, of water straight after that. So here's me drinking all this coke and cooking asparagus, pureeing it, drinking it, drinking water. 40 minutes later, totally pain free. Completely pain-free, insane. Extreme Darren strikes again, right? But what we find in our life in Christ is that there's health in the middle. There's not health in the extremes. You know, uh, we, we, we say around the office a little bit, you know, work hard, play hard. But sometimes we just like work, 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 crash. You know what I'm saying? Like we, 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 we operate too much in the extremes of life and that's really not healthy and it's not sustainable either, right? And, and we find that in our life in Christ. We don't want to be too religious or too irreligious. Like we don't want to just operate in total, you know, license and freedom or be too strict and, and harsh. There's this beautiful, healthy middle ground where we get to thrive in our life with God. The problem with these extremes is that there's very little balance, which means it's not sustainable for long-term fruit bearing as a believer in Christ. Um, if you ever made it like to the first day of your like your holiday and the first few days you're like just kind of comatose because you just kind of just made it over the line and now you're on holidays but you can't move for a few days. Like your brain is completely switched off. You ever felt like that? That's happened to me a few times. So what we need is we need greater balance and greater rhythms and to learn from the life of Jesus. So in the Bible right now, I'm going to read to you Mark chapter 3, verse 7 to 12. That's what we're looking at this weekend. All right. Mark chapter 3, verse 7 from the NIV. Here it is. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd from Galilee followed. And when they heard all... When they heard about all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Edomia, and the, and the regions across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him, right? To keep the people from crowding him, for he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! But he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. Whoa, that's, that's awesome. But like in the lead up to these verses, and you've, you've probably heard the messages that have been before this message. In the lead up, Jesus is talking a lot about the Sabbath, 
a lot about this principle of, of the Sabbath. He's been doing battle with the Pharisees about this, this concept of a day of rest, but they'd taken it to be a, 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 an intense tradition where so many rules were applied, over 200 rules applied to this day. And Jesus is clarifying it and reframing it for them. I love what he says in chapter two, verse 27. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Right? The Sabbath was there to serve man, not man to serve the rules of the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't about a bunch of rules to force you in a corner. It's about having a rhythm of life that aligns with who God says we are. It's about learning to slow down, to connect with God, to enjoy the people around you, to enjoy creation and yes, food right? To enjoy friends and family and, you know, creation and, and, and connection with God. That's what Sabbath is for. It's about stopping and still being loved, still being chosen. Sabbath is about not having the pressure to produce anything, but I'm still loved anyway. Now we read in verse seven that what Jesus is doing, he's trying to withdraw. He's trying to create some space. He's trying to step back for a little moment here. It says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, to a lake. He's trying to get away. And sometimes we find this with Jesus, that he's getting away with his disciples. Sometimes he's getting away with the father. He's just withdrawing to pray or he's withdrawing from the rest of the people just to spend time with his disciples. And this time he's withdrawing with them to get some downtime by the lake. You know, uh, I can imagine that, you know, they, they, they maybe have a few jet skis around. They're going to go for you know, a couple of swims and hang out, maybe a picnic rug on an esky. They've just got some Maccas. They're about to hang out and just chill out and enjoy each other's company by the lake. Right. But the crowd, but the crowd, I can imagine Jesus, you know, like looking up and sees the crowd kind of starting to filter down the, the hillside. And he's like, oh, they're back. <laughs> Here they come. All right. You know, if it was me, I'd be like, you know, rolling my eyes. You know, the rolling eyes emoji. You're like, ah, oh, I find that emoji so descriptive. You know, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, just give us a break, guys, would you? Hang on a minute. But so many people have been healed already and been set free and words got out again. And now the crowd is coming back. And the people I, I love this, the people with various diseases are at the front. You know, I can see them, you know, pushing forwards and they're at the front, you know, like this weird kind of horde of zombies or something like, oh, help us, help us. You know, when Jesus is like, guys, get a boat. <laughs> We're going to need some space today. Have a boat ready. But a reminder that Jesus is on mission. Jesus is absolutely sold out to the mission that he's on from the Father. He's ushering in a kingdom. He's building something eternal. He is he's establishing a new covenant, a new thing, a new way of relating to God and knowing God. He, he's, he, he's on a mission right now. He's making something new. He's raising disciples. He's teaching people. He's preparing the people of, of Israel. He's, he's, he's moving in authority and power. He's bringing healing and, and strength and life and teaching and love. He's playing the long game right here. He's motivated. He's on it. He's not lazy, right? He's not checking his phone every five minutes like I do sometimes, right? He's on mission, but yet he's creating space. 
at the same time. He knows at this moment, I need to create some space. So if you're writing notes today, write this down. Number one, we need to create space for healthy connections, right? Verse seven again, Jesus withdrew with his disciples, right? They are withdrawing away from people to spend time together, right? There's no one else. It's just Jesus and his disciples, right? They wanted to withdraw to recharge so they could continue the mission. I'll say that again. They wanted to withdraw so they could recharge so they could continue the mission. And verse nine and 10, it says, because of the crowd, right? He told his disciples, have a boat ready, right? Have a boat ready because I need to create some space right here. Those with diseases are pushing forwards, right? A few things here, okay? We can see that in this whole passage, Jesus is creating some separation. He's creating some space. He's creating a little bit of distance for his own health, maybe for the disciples' health as well, right? He's creating space for connection with the disciples, and he's creating space from unhealthy people. Unhealthy people. And these unhealthy people are people that he regularly engages with. Those are people who need him, who he loves. So many times in scripture, we read that Jesus had compassion on them and he healed their sick. He met with them, he taught them. But too much connection with unhealthy people will drain you. It will leave you exhausted, tired, sapped of all your energy, your emotional energy that you've been giving out to people. And so we need to create space for healthy connections. Firstly, like you need to have enough space in your life for healthy connection with God. I get up before anyone in my family. I wake my daughter up, make my wife a coffee. And then I, it's my time just to sit with the father, to sit with my, with my, with my, my word, my Bible, and just enjoy some space with God, right? So we need a healthy connection with God. We need a healthy connection with people that we love, with our spouse, with our kids, with our whole family, with friends that we love the company of, friends who fill us up, friends who fill up our tank, people that we love and enjoy, people who make us laugh. We need to create space at times for healthy connections to happen. And that's the order of priority right there too, right? God, spouse, family, friends. Keep it in that order. Create space. Firstly, if you don't have enough space in your life for you to have a real relationship with God, then that's the, that's the order of, that's the priority right now. That's the order of the day. Make space to spend time with God. And your time with your spouse is so important. Time with your family is so important if you have a spouse and you have kids. Otherwise, uh, bring the friends up into that little category there to spend time with people who you love. Also, I find it interesting that, uh, that the crowd is pushing forwards towards Jesus. And I'm thinking what the crowd is in my own life. And you know what it is? It's my phone. It's my phone. It's social media. It's the crowd of the world that always seems to be there, always seems to be in my face. You know what I mean? Part of that, uh, part of that is my own problem, my own issues, right? But part of that is like the, the social media. There's this pressure to be on, to, to, to like and follow and, you know, and comment and be present on social media, right? 
the crowd that seems to want me and make me feel bad about my life because they're in Fiji or, or something, right? The crowd of never-ending scrolling of other people's opinions and philosophies and theologies and what's going on in there, the highlight reel of their life. The crowd is kind of like, seems to be always in your face or it's always just around the corner. Um, I, I think that Jesus right here is a little bit like, uh, like the mum who's gone to the toilet just to get five minutes of rest, <laughs> just to get a little break. She, she's like, oh God, I just got to go to the toilet. I'm going to close the door. I'm locking the door. I just need five minutes of peace right now. I feel like this is Jesus. Jesus is getting away from the crowd. Just give me five minutes of peace with my disciples right now. <laughs> right. But seriously, like, like put down your phone sometimes. Like we, I love to Sabbath with my family, with my wife, my daughter. We hang out a lot on, on Saturdays. That's a day where we, we really do downtime well. And I, I often leave my phone somewhere and forget where it is. I'm often looking for it. It's, uh, it's the benefit of getting old, I guess. I don't know. But it's just awesome to have this healthy separation from this constant need to do something, to be someone, to be involved, to be present. You don't want to be on all the time. You, you, you can't be on and engaged all the time. We need to have a, a healthy separation from the crowd so that I can focus on the ones that I love and on the one that I love, right? So that's really, really important. Um, you know, disconnect from the crowd and connect. I love to connect to the ones most important to me, like coffee. No, like my wife and my children, right? <clears throat> and God and creation and we're going for walks and enjoying, you know, new things together. That's what Sabbath is for. So we need to create space for healthy connections, create some distance from the crowd. What is the crowd in your life? Create some healthy separation at times because there's always going to be people to serve. There's always going to be people who need you, always going to be people to love, to pray for, to, to help. So make some healthy separation. Secondly, if you're writing notes, write this down. Last point is that we need to protect, you need to protect your pace. All right, verse 11 and 12 again is right here. Ready? It says, Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. All right, let me give you some context here. Like Jesus is playing the long game. Remember what I said before, right? So what he's doing here with the demonic, he is protecting the pace at which things are rolling out on the earth. He's protecting the pace of the advancing of the kingdom because God had a certain timeline in mind, right? Jesus is aware that things need to happen according to the Father's timeline. There's things that need to happen, right? There's the ministry, there's, there's preaching, there's the, prepare, the, the preparing of people. There is discipling his, his core team, right? His disciples. There's the timing of the cross. Everything has got a timing to it. Everything was the Father's timing. And as you know, and as I know, right? Sometimes the Father's timing is the most frustrating timing of all, right? Have you ever been like, you know, this is me, like literally two weeks ago. I'm like, really, God? Like, uh, can we can we make that, that? Can we fast track that a little bit? Because I'd kind of like that to happen like now would be great. 
right? But Jesus is aware that things are rolling out at a certain time frame, and he's trying not to fast track. He's trying not to run ahead of what God the Father is doing. Really, really important. Jesus isn't becoming some crazy overnight success here. That's not his plan. He's not some kind of OG MC Hammer, one hit wonder. He's playing the long game right here with the father. He's not like preaching up a storm over here, healing a bunch of people, jumping on a camel and they're heading to the next city. That's not what he's doing, right? He's, he's not just amassing a crowd. He's ushering in a kingdom. And there's a pace at which he knows is going to be most effective for the advancing of the kingdom where he is. And so the pace of ministry, the cadence of the Holy Spirit, the cadence that the Holy Spirit is moving, we need to align ourselves with with that, with what he is doing through us. Galatians says to keep in step with the Spirit. You know what, I've always read that and been like, keep in step with the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's stepping over here, I need to go with him and the Holy Spirit's doing this. But maybe it's the pace as well at which the Holy Spirit is moving. There's a cadence, there's a pace at which God wants to move in your life and through your life. And so when we know what that cadence is, we can, we can keep in step with the Holy Spirit. When you think in terms, like in terms of the long game, we need to have a long game approach when it comes to work and career and, uh, and our calling. We need to have a long game approach when it comes to our family and our kids and what, the, the type of humans that we're building, right? We need to have a, have a long game approach, which means that we're going to find ourselves in a more sustainable pace of life and ministry. And that means long term fruit bearing. A few months ago, I got the opportunity to speak uh, at our national conference, uh, our big national gathering in Hobart. It was awesome. I had 20 minutes, 20 minutes of fame, 20 minutes of glory. It was awesome. I had a lot of fun. It was really, really good. And lots of conversations afterwards with heaps of different pastors. And they're all like, you got to come to our church. It's going to be awesome. You and Beck can come and do some marriage stuff, preach on the Sunday. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that would be great. That would be awesome. Uh, but I'm thinking to myself, you know what? We're not setting up an itinerant ministry here that's full time. Like I got a, I got, I got a job. I got jobs to do. I got a family. You know, I've got, I got stuff that's that, that's still happening right here. And Beck and I know that we're getting called into something quite wonderful and an opportunity to, to speak into marriages and uh, and maybe to do that around the country and maybe to do that around the world. That's awesome. But we're not like setting up this full-time thing. And so I didn't follow up one of those conversations. I didn't make a single text message, no emails, no Insta message. I didn't do anything. I waited for them to contact me because I know that our family and our lives, uh, we, we can operate at a certain pace. We're going to have a long-term fruit if we keep to a certain pace of life. Uh, and then recently in July, we ministered in Brisbane for four days. And then we ministered in Coffs Harbour for two days. And that was great. We've got two more bookings for the rest of the year. That's it. And that's great because that works with the pace of life and ministry that's, that's going to help us to establish something long-term with God, not just trying to hit every church in a year and, yeah, God, this is awesome, and then kill our family and, you know, burn out at the same time, right? We want to learn 
pace. And so Jesus is forbidding these demons to say who he is, to spread the word too fast. He's intentionally slowing things down. Who do you need? Like, what do you need to do right now? What, what, what do you need to do to maybe put the brakes on right now? What do you need to slow down so that you can be more present with God? So that the pace of your life can be in step with the Holy Spirit, can be uh, aligned with your, your capacity, your gifting, what God has got onto your life, right? What, what's, the, what's the right pace of life and ministry that's continually going to bear fruit moving into the future? What do you need to say yes to? And what do you need to say no to? Because this isn't all about having like a long-term, you know, I'm just going to have a few years off. No, no, no. Like this, we're on mission with God. We're on mission with God. We're on mission to, to save the lost, to disciple people, to build the church, to advance the kingdom. That's what we're here for, right? But we've got to find a sustainable pace of life and serving and ministry so that we can have long-term fruit with the Holy Spirit, okay? So maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe you're feeling guilty right now because you're like, oh, I haven't I haven't served for a while. I haven't really done a lot, but maybe you've been burned. Maybe you did burn out and that's okay. Be keeping keep pace with what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart. Don't say yes too quick. Don't say no too quick, right? Maybe you've been ready to serve for a while now, but you've been a bit, I don't know, a bit self-focused. You've been like, no, nah, I'm good. Maybe you've been a bit lazy, but just remember that we're on mission together with God. Um, we, need to, we need to realize that what Jesus is doing right here is he's creating space and he's protecting his pace so that he could have just the biggest impact on planet Earth. And there's two things I'm praying that, uh, that you'll maybe get, get grasp this concept with me today as well. So what do you need to do now? What is God saying to you to do now? What do you need to do? What, how do you need to create space to protect the connection, to establish healthy connection with God and your spouse and your kids and your family? You know, what do you need to do to protect that, that, that pace that will be healthy and sustainable? Maybe you do need to say yes to something. Maybe you need to, to sign up to something or maybe you need to step back to protect that, that, uh, that correct pace that God has for you. What does that look like for you? What is God saying to you? How about we pray? God, I want to pray that for each person listening and watching this today, uh, that you would help us. You would give us wisdom to know what to do in this, in this place. Wisdom to know how to create the right amount of space so we can have really healthy, vibrant, life-giving, you know, wonderful relationships with, uh, with you and with the people that we love. And God, would you help us to protect the pace that works for us and our own strengths and weaknesses and capacity and our calling and our passion and what we, what we know is on our lives. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd give each person wisdom as we do this so that we can have a great pace for living and fruitful, long-term, long-game ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, if you don't know Jesus as your personal friend and Lord and Savior, uh, I would love to have a conversation with you. Can you get in touch with our church office? I would love to have a phone call with you this week or in the weeks leading up to the, in the weeks after this. Um, we would just love to invite you to, to have a, a conversation over the phone so that we can uh, explain to you and talk to you about how good God is, how much He loves you and Jesus who died for you to restore you to relationship with God. Bless you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Thanks for making time to hear this message today. We encourage you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.